Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Zeeshan all the way from EDC about going global and what that means to your business, what the opportunities can look like, how EDC can support you in that journey. So if you missed it, make sure to go to podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com and go check out that episode. Or you can find us wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, you name it, we are there. So go and check out that episode. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. What is quality assurance? SQA believes that quality is getting what you paid for. Quality is spectacular, iconic, heroic, patient safety, safe flights, and astronauts to space. Quality is worldwide. SQA has a global footprint that supports complex and highly regulated supply chains. The partnerships SQA has created over 25 years have benefited through integrated strategies where SQA is able to support clients on an annual basis. Each year, SQA works with its client partners and their suppliers in over 70 countries, deploying a robust network of over 1,000 associates. SQA understands the complexity and challenges within a global supply chain, and our clients have seen that the results from SQA exceed their internal efficiencies. Annually, SQA performs 3,000 audits, 150,000 hours of component inspections, and 35,000 hours of engineering supplier development. Quality is what you put into it and how great you want it to be. For over 25 years, SQA has been a leader in assessing, monitoring, and improving supply chain performance. Quality is SQA, so come and join us. You can visit us at sqaservices.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. This week, I am gearing up to record the next episode in Blended, which is our new diversity and inclusion series where we get supply channers from all walks of life together to talk about different topics in diversity and inclusion so we can move that needle forward. If you haven't checked it out, you can go and check it out under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com or wherever you subscribe to the podcast. Plus, we have a new review over on Apple Podcasts, and that is from Nufi Steve. And he says, Sarah applies, actually, the title of the review is Excellent Supply Chain Podcast. And he says, Sarah applies creative interview skills to maximize the most from her accomplished guests, informative and applicable. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate that review. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a man with an extensive background in procurement, logistics, and supply chain management who has taken all of that knowledge and stepped into the future with it by building Blockchain Guru. And he is a big believer that emerging technology is changing the game. Who is it? I'll tell you after our question of the week. So the question of the week was, what's one of the biggest frustrations you're facing right now? I wanted to ask this question because there are frustrations coming at us from 
everywhere, but I wanted to hone it in and I wanted to have the community come out and talk about honestly what that looks like for them. So Jamin came through and he commented on our post. He said, executing on all my ideas. Jamin, you're not the only one that said that. In a lot of our social posts on the other social media platforms, we had quite a few people talking about that as well. He goes on to say, not to say that I have a ton of great ones, just that I have so much creative ones that I care about or want to execute on, but there is a traffic jam. Ha ha ha. Uh, You're says, honestly, I think I could name tons of frustrations I do have currently due to COVID-19 and the restrictions we all have to live with, at least here in Germany. But my biggest one is actually that I'm waiting since February this year for my next project as an independent interim manager for supply chain management solutions. But all the companies, even though they are in desperate need for someone who can support them in their processes and programs, are currently facing a kind of rigidity in making decisions that are beyond current current quarter results. And uh, that is frustrating for Jörg. Jörg, I hope that that comes through for you very, very soon, as that sounds like it is, you know, a frustration that not only you are facing, but many supply chainers. So thank you both for what you have shared, because I think it's important that we're sharing right now authentically and genuinely as to what is bothering us and because other people can resonate and other people can relate as well. Okay, so back to today's podcast and which forward-thinking supply chain leader am I talking to today? It's John Trask, founder and CEO of Blockchain Guru. Over the course of his career so far, John has worked in some enviable leadership roles and through his passion for ongoing learning and growth, he also has an impressive set of education credentials to back them up. He founded Digital SCM over 12 years ago, and as the industry changed, he kept up. He went on to found ETA Guru and Identity Guru, which ultimately came together with Digital SCM to create Blockchain Guru, the powerhouse company we're going to talk about today. John and I will be chatting about artificial intelligence and cryptocurrency, their benefits, how Blockchain Guru is making big changes in supply chain, and how emerging tech will help to shape the future of not just logistics, but the world. So a little bit more about John before we get started. John Trask is the CEO of one of Canada's leading artificial intelligence and blockchain firms, Blockchain Guru. John's business background contains a mix of technology and operational leadership roles. Early in his career, John was drawn to supply chain, managing trade from manufacturing through international distribution, was an intriguing area to apply technology in order to gain efficiencies, generate cost savings, and reduce risk. Having executed over 150 consulting projects in his career, as well as working chief procurement officer or head of supply chain of several multi-billion dollar enterprises, John understands the space and can relate to the problems that businesses encounter. So welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm really happy to be here. I am excited to have the blockchain guru on Let's Talk Supply Chain because, you know, I'm having a lot of conversations about blockchain um, with various different people in supply chain. And I think it's going to be great that we can do a deeper dive today and really talk about this topic that has been 
you know, one of the trends and one of the hot topics for at least the last couple of years, and I know it's going to be moving into the future as well. So why don't we start with a bit of schooling for those of us that aren't too familiar with some of the technology that you're working with? What exactly is blockchain? Blockchain is a new emerging technology that uses a shared immutable ledger for recording transactions, tracking assets, and building trusts. It looks a lot like traditional systems, but it has some unique features. It's a decentralized system. It has a special level of cryptography. So you're gaining different security levels than you particularly might in other areas. And it helps us develop transparency. So we can work with consensus as a mechanism to validate a transaction and actually have multiple parties involved in validating that transaction. Yeah. And one of the interesting things I was having a conversation the other day was sharing data. So there's two sides to the coin on, you know, this blockchain conversation. Some people are very excited that we can be able to potentially share data through blockchain. And some people are like, whoa, hold your horses. I don't know if I want to share my data through blockchain. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. And I don't know if those people who maybe have the dissenting comment around sharing their data care whether it's on blockchain or something else. In my career, what I've experienced is people are generally reluctant to share their data. Right. But what comes from that is just the ability to have a better, more robust process to improve your business. And I'll give you an example. I did a project last year where we had two firms. Um, neither of the firms wanted to share their data, but one was a manufacturer. One was a distributor. If the distributor had access to better data, they could improve the experience for the end user customer. So that's right. all positive for the manufacturer and the distributor and the end user customer. The challenge was that sharing that data um, made them uneasy. They felt that they might lose some of their intellectual property. They felt like they couldn't protect what data is getting out there. And uniquely, what blockchain does is allows us to encrypt that data and make sure that we can only share it with the appropriate parties. The other thing that we can actually do with blockchain is we can encrypt the data and then only give the key to an AI engine or machine learning in order to help make decisions. So the people that they don't want to have the data can't even ever read it, but the data is available for sharing so that the computer system can help them make decisions. So there's certainly <laughs> different levels of implementation that we can do to help potentially ease their mind around the risks. That's really interesting because um, I've never really heard of it put that way in regards to the fact that the machines can actually take the data and translate it, but it's not necessarily shared with the users. And so when I was doing some research for the show, I found all sorts of news articles. The Australian government's digital business plan includes 5 million for blockchain. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey recently said at a conference that blockchain and Bitcoin technology are the future. 
Why is that? I mean, we just touched on data, but what are the benefits or what are the other benefits of this technology blockchain? So there's a number of benefits and I can name a few here. So initially we run with a decentral, immutable, secure and transparent system. And I can explain those a little bit. So the first thing that blockchain does is it allows for verification and we don't have to be dependent on other parties or third parties. Today, when we're doing financial transactions, quite often the bank is involved or a broker is involved and there's various third parties that get involved and blockchain helps reduce that dependency. Um, Secondarily, blockchain is immutable. And immutable means that the data can't be altered or deleted. Once we recorded something on the blockchain, it never goes away. Now, we can make additions to correct a record if that's necessary. But the, the fraud that may exist in other systems where people can hack the system and change data, um, that can never occur with a blockchain. We can always look back and see what the original data entries were, when those were, they're all date stamped. Another key piece is that we use a special level of cryptography to secure the data. And typically in a database, we secure a database. And if we hack the database, an individual can access the entire database. In a blockchain, we can actually secure each individual record. So if somebody hacks a blockchain, they may not gain access to all of the records that are in there. So the big challenge we just had with Revenue Canada being hacked and you know people gaining access to millions of records, were that secured on a blockchain, it would be very likely that they would just access the records that are directly related to the area that they're entering in. So in a world where we're always worried about data security, blockchain changes what data security looks like. And that's that's really, really important because more and more we're having these conversations around security. I mean, recently also, you know, there was the issue with um, CMA as well, um, you know, from a steam supply and, and supply chain perspective. And I think we are learning more and more how important that is. And now you're talking about how blockchain can play a role in that. You know, a lot of times when we think about blockchain, we correlate it to Bitcoin, which is what I was just sort of mentioning when we were leading into this, this question. What is the correlation and is there a correlation? Absolutely, there is. So Bitcoin is the first application written on a blockchain okay. and pro- probably the most popular application written on a blockchain. So blockchain is the technology that we use. Bitcoin actually sits on top of that technology and uses that technology to secure the value of the coins and process transactions. We do the same thing with supply chain transactions, for example. We can write a system like Bitcoin that actually measures the steps in a supply chain and assures that everyone is entered in a secure and complete manner. 
So does that mean that the data then becomes the currency? Well, I've always been a believer that data is a currency, is a form of currency. Anyways. Um, yeah. Okay. I, so I don't know that blockchain has created that situation. We're moving into a world where knowing more about our customers, knowing more about our processes, knowing more about our businesses creates value. And organizations, in order to compete today, don't just have to build a good product. They have to be able to service those clientele when they want to be served. They need to modify their products on a much more rapid cycle to continue improving to keep the customer satisfied. And I think part of that's just our attention span is much less than it was 10 or 20 years ago. Uh, we're looking for change. Yeah, and the knowledge base is changing uh, that much quicker on us as well. So I think one of the other technologies that you mentioned previously, but that we might want to have an overview before we go any further is AI, which is artificial intelligence. I know a lot of people, you know, tend to freak out maybe a little bit when they hear those words. They start thinking about robots taking over the world, you know, taking over jobs. But in reality, can you give us a little explanation, overview of how AI works? Sure. So there's a couple types of AI that exist in the world. And one of the most common is machine learning. And the basics of machine learning is it looks for patterns. When we look at a data set, and it could be any data set, we can create a mathematical relationship between what the data is saying and other data that's within the database. And quite often what we find when we graph that mathematical relationship is that there are patterns that the data can clump into what we call clusters, or the data can follow a line showing growth in a particular area. What machine learning does is it looks at massive amounts of data and looks for those patterns. And it'll always recognize a pattern. We may not always understand what the pattern means, but generally when there's a correlation between data and you create a pattern, there's a meaning to that. So we can use the system to help us make decisions. Beyond that, we can actually start taking that data and helping humans make better decisions. So, you know, I'll give you an example. We have a system where we look at x-rays and the x-ray system, all of the data is thrown into a database, um, all of that sitting in that database can, can be compared to new x-rays that are coming in. And what happens is the machine learning will actually go out and look when it processes the image, if it has other similar images. And if it has similar images, then it can kick information up around other cases for a doctor to um, do a little bit more research and see what treatments may have been effective for other patients. Um, or we can actually um, have another, we have another system that we've built that actually goes into the research and compares what it's finding 
in a repository of research, which is enormous, just on COVID alone this year, there's been a million research papers written. Wow. And how does a doctor ever read through all of those research papers? It's very difficult for them to keep current when there's research being performed at such an alarming rate. So we can find the most relevant research papers that a doctor may want to read so that they can make a decision around how do you treat somebody with COVID? Um, not only will they work on the best practices, but in unique cases, they can access maybe some research that's been done in China or India or the UK and consider that in their decision-making. So not all AI is uh, Terminator, the robots are taking over the world. Uh, most AI today is in the space where we're helping humans make better decisions or in a simple cases, we're using the AI to make decisions. Right. And I think that that was a really great explanation. I mean, you know, there's a lot of conversations around technology and I've spoken with different leaders on the show recently in my communications on a daily basis. Some are investing heavily in new tech. Some are doubling down on people. You know, some are taking a look at where they're going to manufacture and how technology can, can play a role in that to keep their costs kind of in line because they can't really um, increase that price that to the end consumer as well. So what's that balance? What's that relation, relationship going to look like between people and technology? You say that, you know, it's not going to take over jobs. You know, you're talking about um, the human element and how it's going to help us make decisions. So what is that balance? Well, I think it's always difficult to create that balance. Mm -hmm. um, it may, in some cases, take over jobs and certain simple roles where simple decisions can be made. It might displace people in those areas. But at the same time, we're creating huge opportunities for new jobs in other areas. And, and actually, the number of tech jobs is going way, way up, mm -hmm. even while it's possibly displacing jobs in other areas. Creating balance for a CEO really depends on the company. Do they want to be considered a technology leader? If that's one of their objectives, certainly they need to lean more towards technology and trying to extract the benefits from that. Many companies at the same time are followers. They want to see somebody else do it before they do. And then others sit in the middle. I think what you've got to do is you really have to have a good view of your own market. What are, what are your competitors doing? And then you've got to have a good view of where you want to place yourself in the market. Do you want to be considered the leader? Do you want to follow the pack? And then, you know, don't look at the technology for the sake of technology. I've had so many CEOs call me and say, I want a blockchain because my competitor is doing it. Take your problems, take the problems in your company that you're trying to solve and see if blockchain or artificial intelligence or IOT is something that can help you with it. Right. Br bring in people who really know the technology. And you can do two things with that. One is you can have them come in as a consultant 
to help you understand if it's a good application or a bad application. Or you can bring in organizations who can train you and train your IT department and your operating departments around what the technology can do, and then have your own people make those assessments. And I think that that is, you know, really great advice because a lot of times we get so focused on the shiny new objects or so focused on, you know, what are, like you said, our competitors are doing in the industry, but we really need to take a whole, a step back, take a holistic view of, you know, our business and what that means to us and what that means to our end consumer as well. So let's get into a little bit about what you do. Um, we haven't really focused on that. We've really had you explain some of the technologies that you're working with to help benefit your customers. So let's talk about that. What exactly do you do? I know you have a couple of, um, um, you know, different programs like ETA Guru and Digital SCM for supply chain specific. ETA Guru helps with things like forecasting and data. So why don't why don't we start there? Tell us exactly what you do. Maybe give us an overview and then dive a little bit deeper into ETA Guru. Okay. So overall, my group of companies is focused on solving problems with emerging technology, and we do that kind of in three pillars. One is consulting. We'll go into an organization and advise on the application of artificial intelligence, blockchain, or IoT. Secondarily, we provide training. We have a number of courses, about 15 courses right now, to help corporations understand what does blockchain do? What does artificial intelligence do? And how might it apply to me? So those are very business-focused courses that people can take remotely or we can teach in their facility. And then thirdly, we build software for companies that are interested in solving problems. So you've mentioned ETA Guru. We have uh, an identity system. Uh, we have a track and trace system. and Essentially, what we do is we help an organization define a problem and then solution that problem. ETA Guru came about as a mechanism to help improve the accuracy of estimated time of arrival. Companies are always trying to predict when are their goods going to be there. And quite often, it's relatively easy if you're selling a, a water bottle and somebody orders online and I have that water bottle in stock, I can use the Purolator app or the UPS app and find out if I pack it and ship it today, it's going to be at my customer's doorstep tomorrow. And we're really good with those short range predictions in, in business. Where it becomes more difficult is if the goods aren't manufactured yet or we have a large assembly operation and we have to procure those goods from six or 10 locations in the world. So our ERP systems today use generic um, lead times. We know when we order the plastic casing on the bottle that it's manufactured in Toronto 
and we need to get it to Vancouver. And we know typically that takes a week or two weeks from the time we place the order. But we don't know how busy the factory is that's producing the goods. We don't know what's going on from uh, a road transport or a rail transport perspective. You know, do they have large backlogs? Are trucks available? Uh, if they're going through the mountain pass in British Columbia, are they uh, derating some of the trains and actually moving, removing rail cars because of snow load? Or has there been an avalanche? So what ETA Guru does is it looks at a whole bunch of that data. First, it connects suppliers to manufacturers and actually helps make more accurate predictions. What we found when we started looking at large, large data sets from companies, millions and millions of transactions, is that those standard predictions can be very unreliable because of all of the nuances of business. So we can look at markers in the process to evaluate whether those goods are going to be on time or not on time, and then help prevent or reduce the snowball effect that essentially a manufacturer has when one part doesn't come in, they have to find something else to produce on the line and it throws a whole bunch of things behind. It creates a small level of chaos that they have to manage. And, you know, that sounds like, you know, something that importers and exporters absolutely need right now. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they were like, really, the important piece is that we know when we're going to be able to deliver to the end consumer, because obviously that not only ties in supply chain, but it ties in your customer experience. And that relates to whether they're going to come back and buy from you. And so that, you know, I don't know how anybody is operating without that because it's crucial to know the components and what's happening with the ETA of your shipment. So now let's talk about your original brand because you have digital SCM and that tackles key pain points in supply chains to help improve efficiency and management. And I think that the COVID crisis, you know, has highlighted that the industry has really needed solutions like that you know, like this in order to help us to respond to challenges and improve. And I mean, COVID is one disruption. We've got many disruptions that have happened over the course of time in supply chain over the last little while in supply chain. So can you tell us a little bit more about digital SCM and what's changed between when you established it 12 years ago to um, what it is today? Sure. Uh, digital SCM started out as a SCM consulting business. My background has been supply chain technology, technology for shipping through TMS systems, uh, manufacturing, ERP systems, and warehouse management systems. And historically, a lot of our work was around implementing or helping companies who are struggling with their existing technology. So I don't think the mission in that has changed a lot. I think what's changed is the technology. Now we have artificial intelligence and blockchain and IoT. So we're still helping companies. We just have so much more capability now 
in helping them. And you look at these crises that you're mentioning and the impact on supply chain, COVID changed product availability, you know, huge implications for the toilet paper industry and, and all of these industries because you have varying demand. We always have challenges to our supply chain. What we've learned now is that, and we probably already knew this, that you need multiple suppliers. You need uh, diversification within your supply base. You need not to be reliant on one country and potentially you need to be closer to your customer in order to avoid crises <clears throat> or the impact of crises like COVID. I think when we go to supply chain school, and I went to supply chain school many years ago, we heard all of those things. But it, it was always much more beneficial to the corporation to take some of the products and offshore them and drive our costs down and absorb the additional risks of having that very long international supply chain. And I think everybody was feeling they had the right balance because they had inventory in positions where um, they could react to most challenges that occurred within the supply chain. We've never been exposed to a challenge like COVID, not in recent history anyways. And what we found was we took probably a little too much risk on the sole sourcing, single sourcing, offshoring side than we could handle when we have a large crisis like COVID. And that created great challenges for businesses. They had to find ways to manufacture more locally. They had to challenge their supply chain to increase their capacity at a time where people didn't want to go to work. They didn't right. want to be exposed to the disease. Um, so I think there's lots of great uh, challenges that it's exposed. And I'm sure that supply chain managers all around the world are rethinking their strategies in order to cope. So digital SCM essentially will help them rethink those strategies. One of the things that we currently can do, though, is with emerging technology like blockchain and like artificial intelligence, we can help predict some of those challenges and we can actually help build machine learning or artificial intelligence models that will help an organization make a decision around what their extended distribution network should look like or what their inventory level should look like. And we can do that in a way that we couldn't before, or when we were trying to do it before, it was very manual. You had an army of people trying to figure out how much inventory of a certain item you should be carrying. And we use standard statistics with standard deviations to balance that. Well, now we know with machine learning that that's not mathematically the best model to make our inventory decisions. It was the best model when we couldn't have people studying the variation consistently. Now the machine can study the variation consistently and provide information to a 
inventory manager or forecasting person to help make those decisions much more in real time. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of strategy discussions that are happening right now amongst supply chain leaders, whether it's internally or externally, everybody, like you said, and you hit it on the nail on the head is that everybody is taking a look at what that model looks like. I mean, just the other day I was reading um, an article about Apple uh, moving their manufacturing into different locations, which, you know, nobody really thought was going to happen. Or if they did, they thought it was going to take a while to do. And so I think we're we're going to be looking at that hybrid model between local versus global. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and it's nice to know that they have support of, you know, somebody like you and blockchain guru and digital SCM to be able to do that. So why don't you give us a real life example of how one of your solutions has helped a customer in the logistics and supply chain industry? Yeah, sure. Why don't, why don't I start on the, uh, procurement side prior to distribution? Um, we have a product called procurement AI and Procurement AI is an artificial intelligence system that we work on in collaboration with a company from the U.S., Electrify. And this system has been taken up by a very high number of Fortune 500 countries in the last two years. Um, Essentially, what we can do is we can take data feeds from all over the corporation and analyze needs related to products and needs related to services and start identifying with that tool for each company, what are the risks that they have and what risks can we identify with artificial intelligence in order for them to start looking at them and making decisions regarding those risks? What savings opportunities do we see and what efficiency opportunities do we see? And it's, It's a great system from the perspective that there's so much data out there. You look at some of these corporations and they've grown by acquisition and they have four or five um, input systems that are coming from their subsidiaries. And it's very difficult to get a real-time view of that. And what artificial intelligence does is it helps them make decisions and produce results in those three areas. So what we're finding with corporations, and we have a number of examples in lots of industries from manufacturing, um, the food industry, uh, automotive, banking, and just about every industry that you can think of, we're starting to see great, great results. And the results are coming in the form of improving cash flow. You know, we had one organization implement the system and within 60 days, improve their cash flow in the company by $50 million. Wow. Um, We have another large international chemical company that implemented the system and immediately identified about $180 million in savings opportunities that they could go out and execute on. And it's amazing how much value is hidden in the data. And if you look at the people in supply chain who've been successful in their careers, those are, those have been the people who can uncover that value. Um, mm-hmm. You look at 
you look at individuals who maybe had a great career trajectory, and, and this is partially the case for me, is I could get into that data and I could uncover opportunities and then go out and work with my vendors to um, realize the potential savings associated with those opportunities. Now we have a system that can help us slice and dice all of that in a way that we typically haven't been able to, particularly with our ERP systems. And, and then spend more time on the execution portion and less time on the analytics portion because the analytics is almost automated now. Amazing. I really like those examples. And I like the fact that you put it into uh, relation to dollars, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody is looking at. They're looking at their bottom line and they're, you know, starting to really understand how that data, especially through this conversation, can help with that. And like you said, finding those opportunities. I mean, I mean, it's one thing as a human to be able to find those opportunities, but there's another where you um, bring in machine learning to be able to help you do that and really capitalize on it as well. So if I'm in the audience and I'm, I'm listening to this discussion, what questions do I have in my mind that would lead me to call you and call blockchain guru? Well, you know, I, I think as you sit back and you listen to different speakers and I've listened to lots of your speakers and, you start thinking about how can I apply that, the experience of that person? And do I have the skills to do that internally or do I need somebody to come and help me? Having a conversation, quite honestly, is cheap. One of the greatest things that I, I have in my life is I work in a diversified company that works all over the world. And it's great for me to pick up the phone and talk to somebody in Toronto or Africa or China and find a different way of doing something that I'm currently doing and extracting value from that. So I think most CEOs are driven that way. They're constantly having conversations internally and externally. And I think if you've got challenges that you're trying to solve, the answers may be within your organization or the answers may be without, outside of your organization. Have the conversations with the people internal, but by all means, if your people are not well-educated in emerging technology, call in an expert, call blockchain guru. I'm happy to have the conversation. I have lots of people all over the world who are also happy to have those conversations and we can come up with real ways to apply technology to help you solve your problem. And we can help you put together the business case for that. Right. How does, does it make sense? Um, so, you know, I think in today's world and certainly in the last 10 years, it's very global and People just need to collaborate more. One of the values I see with blockchain is it actually drives companies to share data. But in essence, it's not driving a company to share data. 
It's driving a company to find a way to collaborate to solve a problem. Amazing. I mean, I talk about this all the time on the show. Collaboration is the future of business. I mean, whether we're talking about supply chain, business in general, we're talking about blockchain. It's a common theme amongst all of the conversations that I'm having. So this has been a fascinating, fascinating discussion. I don't really want it to end, but we do have to end it somewhere. And so I want to ask you, what does the future hold for blockchain guru? Well, we're working on a lot of interesting projects, and quite honestly, I'm having a lot of fun solving problems inside the supply chain and outside the supply chain. Uh, we're building a animal traceability system for cattle, and we'll be tracing over 12 million cattle with this system, trying to solve problems like cattle rustling and the health of of cattle where we have an ongoing system right now for identity helping solve some of the identity problems that exist around the world to create identity for people who don't currently have one in third world countries who don't have access to facilities uh, don't have access to support and food and banking and and that reduces their opportunities if somebody really doesn't have a, a true identity. So it's it's all very enjoyable for me to work on problems like that. And then with the advent of IoT, we're doing so many more traceability projects where we can help an organization in an extended supply chain track and trace goods. But it's not as simple as tracking and tracing goods. It is taking the data from those tracking mechanisms to make your supply chain better, to change your processes, to adapt to the modern technology. What I find people are doing is thinking about, oh, I can get a sensor and I can put it on my shipment and I can tell my customer when that shipment's going to arrive. Well, if you integrate that properly, you can make that completely live and you don't need to focus on telling your customer because the system can do that for you. Your process, if it's modified, can reduce a great amount of cost and we can increase reliability on equipment. We can, with, with technology, we can increase reliability in your process. And in some cases we can help Increase revenue. We have a tool now where um, we can look at social media sentiment and we can track social media sentiment relative to product launches and not only just have the standard old five star feedback mechanism on a website, but use bots to interact with customers and draw real value out of the extended supply chain and help feed that information back into marketing and manufacturing and product management to make better decisions. So I think the future for Blockchain Guru is actually working with smart CEOs and smart executive teams to redefine what a business should look like with the capabilities of today's modern technology and continue moving that forward. 
So for me, that's really exciting. Yeah, amazing. And I was just going to say that the future is very, very bright. And I cannot wait to see, you know, what happens with Blockchain Guru and how you're innovating and how you're working with companies, how you're helping them seek those opportunities and find some more revenue um, within some of the applications that you are providing. So such a fascinating discussion, a little glimpse into the future. And it's so exciting to be talking about blockchain and how you can invest back into your business and talking about how machine learning can really make a big difference in your business and in your supply chain. So thank you, John, for coming on the show and sharing with us what you're doing and all the fascinating things you're doing at Blockchain Guru. Thanks for having me, Sarah. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, hopefully look forward to talking to you in the future. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to Let's Talk Supply Chain forward slash podcast to check out the latest. We also have a category filter. So if you're looking for a particular solution um, for some of the challenges that you're having in supply chain, you can use that category filter to find the innovation or the company that can help you. And don't forget to come back next week for our Woman in Supply Chain podcast for the month of November. We are talking to Caroline of Lenovo. And so you're not going to want to miss that. If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You can subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com or you can subscribe to us on YouTube at the SC Supply Chain TV. Next, visit ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com and sign up. We are in full beta. And if you're a forwarder or an importer, exporter that wants to streamline the pricing of your air freight and ocean freight shipments, gain access to more choice, choice worldwide and utilize the best of data to reduce shipping risks, then you won't want to miss out on our platform. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a review, we will feature you on an upcoming episode. Thank you for all your love and support. Remember, ship happens. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.